the, the graveyard, graveyard girls. Does my voice sound okay today? Yeah, why? That's because I went to see my concurrence on, was it Saturday? Oh yeah, yeah is that where you ditched me at work? <laughs> I didn't ditch you at work. You did, you abandoned me, Natasha. I need some time off and away from you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I thought my, vo- my voice would be fucked, but it's not, which I'm kind of not sad about, but I was... It was the first time I've seen them since 2007, I thought. Bloody hell, that's, that's like over a decade, Natasha. <laughs> I know it that's is. That's a long time ago. I know it is. Well, it's their fault. We're, we're not that old. It can't be over a no, decade. we're not that old. It's I was a, loud. a tiny little baby when they were out. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. I was. Sort of. <laughs> no one knows my age, it's fine. It's good. Anyway, on the topic mm-hmm. of you wandering off and doing other things, I'm actually you? quite excited for next week because I'm going to film some content, hopefully, for mm-hmm. one of our future episodes um, for part of our mini history series. My sister lives in Castleton. Um, she does an archaeology course there. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's looking into, obviously, all that sort of thing. And she pointed out to me some very interesting things that I've now with can write a whole mini series off pretty much because she's given me loads of information mm-hmm. um but they're actually doing a harvest festival okay um on the 30th of may so i thought oh this is brilliant it's a perfect opportunity for me to go and record a few bits harvest festival 31st of may 30th of may Th- sorry 30th of may that sounds really early for harvest. it's to do something to do with the spring harvest. i can't remember what it was it's something to do with like a summer oh the equinox har- it might be okay so she's basically it's like a summer harvest festival and they okay. all get together there's lots of different things but it's obviously they're basing it back it, like hundreds of years ago when it originally started off so it's got all the cool like grizzly bits i don't want to release no, like, too no. much information now because it's going to ruin the case but there's some really good bits in it and like some kind of gory things and they're going to do reenactments of it obviously not the actual acts because that would be illegal <laughs> but um yeah they're doing reenactments of it so i thought it was an absolutely brilliant opportunity for me to go and try and video bits of that yeah. or at least get photos of it and then i can put that all together to put for us to have a mini history series so i thought that would be a perfect no it's opportunity. good i'm looking forward to it I'm looking forward to what you've got, what, what you're going to film. I am as well, because my sister's mentioned it like so many times to me. And I'd already started writing a bit up as a case. And I thought, oh, this would be this sort of brilliant thing to go and see. Yeah. And then we just went, yeah, they're going to hopefully do like a bit of a parade. Um, the way I, to me, I sort of imagine it is I'm guessing they're going through the village. Yeah. And they're doing a parade as part of the thing, how it would have happened at the time. Is it like the Black Parade? No, I, I mean, to be fair, with the gore, with the gory stuff, it, it's a bit dark. It could be a black parade, <laughs> Natasha. Um, I've still got my chemical romance on my head. In my there's nothing wrong with that. No. So, yeah, hopefully it will be some really good and interesting content for that. I hope it is anyway, because I'm quite excited. And like I said, my sister's been a brilliant source of ideas and know. information. Yes, thank you, so, Clara. Yeah, so hopefully going forward, especially obviously we're planning the whole girls on tour thing. Mm-hmm. Get that started soon. I think she'll be able to provide us with a lot of good days out, like nice little trips that we can do. Yeah. Um, and hopefully get a lot of good content from that, really. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm kind of yeah. envious that I'm not going. I know, but we will be able to in the summer. Yeah. We'll have a few days off and we'll go and do stuff because I've got, she's got a lot of things in the pipeline. She's got a load of cool graveyards near her as well. So I know it sounds a bit weird, but let's go on holiday to go and like visit graveyards. 
I do I do like to revisit graveyards. I do. I it's like to weird. look at old people's names as yeah. well. Something about it, and I, this is going to sound really weird, but when we were kids, we used to look for graves with the same names, like see if we could find one with the same names as us. Yeah. And I've never found one with my full name, but I found like variations of my name. But there was one with my sister's where it was exactly like her full name. I've never found my name. Yeah, see, but is that because your name wasn't sort of off the... If you go back to old little graveyards, I don't mm. feel like Natasha was necessarily a massively popular name. Maybe not, especially because like, it's Russian. Yeah, Amelia's quite an old name, mm. but also Clara's a very old-fashioned name. It's finally making a bit of a comeback, but while my sister was younger, I didn't know anyone else called Clara. You could never find anyone. Or I if they one. did, it was with a K. Yeah, oh, no, I don't like this spell with a K. Mm. Yeah, no, I don't know why, because when I see it spelled with a K, it makes me think of the word koala. I don't know why. It's not even remotely spelled the same. I just... know. Yeah, I get it. I get it, Ryan. It's just like when yeah, names are spelt, you're so used to names spelt with one way, and then they just change the letter. Yeah. You're like, no, I don't like well, it. Well, this is it. I think when my sister, she lived in Utrecht, uh, over in Holland for a year, and she did know a couple of Claras, and all theirs were spelt with a K, but they were like either from France or Germany. Yeah, I think so I think that's how their, they spell it. Because yeah. I think... If unless I'm mistaken, both mine and my sister's name they're actually originally uh, Germanic names. Mm. I know, and my sister's obviously a very old-fashioned name. It features her quite a lot, I think, in a lot of the old classics. I think her name crops up a few times. So yeah, yeah we, I like to visit grave uh, it, graveyards because I think we're not being disrespectful. No, and whatever. Oh somebody yeah, said. that silly woman. It's <laughs> we're, we're not being disrespectful in anything we're doing. I no, think. it's interesting. You're looking into the history of it. Like, yeah. I really like unraveling people's lives because, like you say, it just stops them from like being buried, and that's the end of it. Yeah, it, like, like it's nice continues. to think now. Like I like to think in like a hundred or two hundred years time, there'd be someone like walking through a grave and think, "Oh, that's an interesting name." Like I wonder what that person did. It's probably not going to be any graves in the future, but yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe but yeah, not. We're but... continuing their story on. They're not dead after the, no, their journey lives on after they're dead. They yeah. died. And especially as well, depending on what's been like sort of inscripted on the gravestone. Mm-hmm. Some of them are really interesting. Yeah. And you think, oh, I kind of want to research this person now. There's been a lot of times like either written down a name or taking a photo of it. Mm-hmm. Just so I can go home and have a bit of a nosy and see if I can find out information about them. I did that in Scotland because there's so many graves. I think it was, there's a lot of Masonic imagery on a lot of Ooh. graves. And I was just like, who is this person? I know, I like that sort of thing. And it's when as well, like they've got like, big family ones or you spot a, cl- a few together and I don't know if you noticed it but like all the families died really close together and you think oh what was the reason but if it yeah. wasn't typically in the time for like a plague or something yeah you're like what killed the family off is it is it a mystery oh, and there's, then there's you have one, to search yeah there was one I found where I think the wife died 30 years before her husband oh yeah hell that's a big gap and I don't think he ever remarried so they were buried in the same grave and oh. it's just like yeah I think it's I think that's how it was yeah I wouldn't want to say like olden days, but it was olden days. Something romantic, but also sad. Yeah, it is. Because you think, oh, that man was lonely for such a long time. I hope he wasn't. No, I like to think like he lived in Little Village. Maybe other people looked after him. Yeah. Or he had a dog, at least. Or... He used to take a dog for a walk. Yeah. There's something about little old men when they're walking their little I dog. Know. And you think, oh. Because, yeah, I like to imagine little lives of these people. I do. It, but that's it. You look at them and you think, like, you could almost imagine. Yeah a life for them and like you say some of the graves are really interesting because that's another one going back to Castleton I had a little nosy there's one there with like different like admiral ships on mm-hmm. and I was looking I was thinking oh is this person a naval person yeah. but you know like when they don't put like a sergeant or a yeah. naval officer and you're yeah. thinking 
so where did the naval thing come from? Like, are they like, do they own ships? And it's, I don't know if it's just something that they liked and that's they, what they had inscribed. Mm. Yeah, or they could have um, built the ships. Oh, I didn't think about that. Mm. But yeah, I like it when you've got little things like that. You just, you get some good ones. And then, of course, you've got some absolutely brilliant names. Oh, like uh, Shatsford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which we obviously were very immature and still have to have a good giggle about. But like, look at the artwork as well. Look at this in Scotland that I took. It's just... No, that is cool. It's amazing. Why don't we do them like that anymore? I don't know. Oh, we're and just then, boring now. And then there's... I think I have a picture of a caged grave. Because Ooh. obviously grave robbers at the yeah. time. But you could make it into whatever story you want. It could be a vampire. I think, yeah, I was going to say, I think that's where a lot of yeah. stories sort of develop from, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, here's the... Look, it's got a... Like a triangle and a oh seeing eye, but what is it? I don't know. Did you find out? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's I need like, you to find out, Natasha. <laughs> they're in plain sight, but it's not. See, that's you what have, I like about yeah. stuff. It's like it's hidden, but it isn't. I think that's what I want on my grave. It doesn't mean anything. Well, it's moved to just sort of decipher. Yeah. Yeah, I quite like that. Yeah, going back to our episode a few weeks ago. I decipher the... this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it is, because I think... It's all connected. That's it. We all like to look into stuff. We do. And it's quite interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyway. Shall we get on to, di- to yes. today's case? I have got a crime for you today. Okay. Uh, so I've got a true crime that happened. And I'm going all the way back to 1489. Well, this person was born in 1489. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. A long, long time ago. Just, just a little while ago. And I think you'll like this one. Um, because it'll also be a mention of the first time... Well, they think it's the first time a gun was used as a murder weapon. So it's a bit of a double double whammy. It's a first for something. And also it's an interesting murder. Also, did you say thirst? No, first. Oh, it, looked, it, it looked like you said thirst. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Are you thirsty? Thirsty for murder, Natasha. Yes, I am. <laughs> right. Okay, so today... This case is going to be the murder of Robert Packington. I don't know if you've heard of him. It sounds familiar. The name's... I, I recognise the name, but mm. then as I did the case, I didn't necessarily remember the case. So I'm not sure if it's just it's quite a popular name. Yeah. Like, it's quite a strong name, isn't it, when you look back in history? It's, it's just, not really triggering anything. No. I don't no. think it's a particularly insignificant name. It's not one that's really ob- obscure. Yeah. Um, but anyway... Robert Packington was born in 1489 and he grew up to become a London merchant and a member of Parliament. Mm, Okay. Okay, so going back to his job as a merchant, in 1510, Robert has completed an apprenticeship with the Mercer's Company, which was one of the 12 great livery companies. Now, a livery company is made up of trade associations and guilds and they descend from medieval trade guilds and are now largely social and charitable organisations. So they still exist. I do like the uh, the word guild. Yes. It makes it sound extravagant and fancy. It basically is. They're trying yeah. to polish, polish yeah. a turd, basically. Are <laughs> <laughs> we the guild of a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> so they are obviously then responsible for regulating trade practices promoting education and mm-hmm. training and obviously it's, uh training in form of apprenticeships yeah. which is what robert's done the company that robert trained under was exporting cloth and importing various wares so clothes basically in 
1523 and 1529, he and others were chosen to draw up articles on behalf of the Mercers for a presentation to Parliament. So they're obviously very well regarded. Yeah. Uh, I feel like probably very good at the job as well if they've been selected to do this. Mm -hmm. And then in 1527 to 28, Robert was elected as warden of the company. So he's very quickly done very well for himself. So he's basically started at the bottom and and worked worked his his way up. Yeah. Um, then going on to his work in Parliament, he was elected into Parliament in a by-election in October 1533 and was re-elected in 1536. Robert was to have anti-clerical sentiments and was speaking somewhat against the covertness and cruelty of the clergy. So even though he's done very well, he's obviously, I feel like he's a very good speaker. Mm. He's obviously got himself into Parliament and the fact he got re-elected, he's obviously popular enough. Yeah. But also his comments are quite uh, controversial, if okay. you like. Okay. And if you think back to the church back then, it was a massive thing. Yeah. So I feel like making any sort of comments that might uh, not put them in a favourable light um, it is, is not doing very well for himself. I feel like he's drawing a bit of unwanted attention. So, so I think I know where this is going. Yeah, I think we both know where this is going. So before we get to that point, I'm going to touch on uh, his marriages and a few issues he might have had with them. Yes. Okay. So Robert's first marriage was to a lady called Agnes Baldwin, who was the daughter of Sir John Baldwin, Chief Justice of the Common Pleas, so another man in Parliament. Mm-hmm. He would go on to have two sons and three daughters with Agnes. Cool. Yeah, that's a, a lot of children. But it's not for that time, is it? No, it's not. Usually so, they have about nine to 19 children. Yeah, yeah, probably. Anywhere in between. Now, here's a bit of a couple of fun facts on those children. One of their sons, Thomas Packington, the eldest one, went on to have a son called John Packington, and he was for a time a favourite of Queen Elizabeth I, who invited him to court after he'd been presented to her during a visit to uh, Worcester I think in 1572. Is, I think that's why I recognised the name. I was looking into that, I think. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So you could do a case on that now. I was going to. <laughs> But yeah, and then second interesting fact, uh, one of his daughters, Margaret Packington, married a man called Benedict Lee, an esquire of Burston, Buckinghamshire, who was the half-brother to Sir Anthony Lee, a henchman for King Henry VIII. Ooh. Yeah. So his uh, children are growing up to be uh, interesting. Hmm. But yeah, so they were I born... I think to... once you have an interesting... But once there's one interesting person, there's probably going to be quite That's a few it. others. And I think in those times, once one family member sort of married yeah. into it, it's sort of a... Tracks the attention for the rest of them. And obviously their social position. They're going to yeah. marry to quite similar social standings as well. And this is it. But it's worth remembering this because there's a little bit at the end of the case. But it kind of it throws me out a bit. And it makes me question how they got to this part. Like in terms of social status, the children. You'll understand what I'm saying when we get to it later. Okay. Um, now, it doesn't say what happened to Agnes. But I'm presuming she dies. So... Robert's second marriage is to Catherine Dallum, mm-hmm. and they were married between 1533 and 1535. Catherine was the daughter to Thomas Dallum, a member of the Wilfulship Company of Skinners and the Company Warden in, seven, in 1497, sorry. So again, he's another man top of his company. Also, going back to Agnes, yeah, they probably she probably did die and they probably didn't think to uh, write it down in the history books. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, later there's a bit of a discrepancy with that, but I'm kind of want to leave it that oh. out for now. Did until he murder I mention... her? No. Okay. I'm a bit iffy of this second wife. I'm not going to lie. 
And this is when I'm going to bring this all back later. So when Catherine married Robert, she Mm -hmm. was the widow to her first husband, Richard Collier, who died in 1533, and she had a son, George, and a daughter, Dorothy, with him. So she's literally, she lost one husband and married within a year. Catherine, after, obviously, Robert is going to die soon. And after that, Catherine would remarry in 1539, three years after Robert's death. She married a man called Sir Michael Dormer. Dormer was a wealthy mercer and a lord and went on to become the Lord Mayor of London in 1541. Catherine's children by her first marriage to Richard Collier died about the time of her marriage to Dormer. Uh... So I read this and then it goes on to his case and I'm thinking, whoa, 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 hang on a minute. Suspicious. Yeah, why are her kids dead? And uh, what happened to her first husband? She also seems to have a type as well. Yeah. Men in Parliament. Yeah. Wealthy men, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pause on her for a little bit and we're going to revisit her later but she instantly got my back up suspicious <laughs> yeah i just wanted to do that and don't be suspicious <laughs> i know exactly what you mean <laughs> but yeah so let's move on to her, yeah. yeah i don't like i told you when i was mentioned it to you the other day i told you i was throwing the wife under the bus because she's very iffy to me i don't, I don't like her it's just something about her i'm sorry i'm sorry Catherine, but i don't like you anyway on to robert's murder on the morning of November the 13th on 1536, now I haven't had the chance to find this out, but I really hope it was a Friday, so it was Friday the 13th. Wait, 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 what, what year? Uh, 1536. Because it, wouldn't it just be brilliant if it was Friday the 13th? Well, not for Robert, obviously, but for the purpose of us. Uh, November the 13th. Please be a Friday. If it is, I'm actually going to be so happy. Is it not? It's a Friday. <laughs> is it actually? It's a Friday. <laughs> Oh, it's very unlucky for you, Robert, isn't it? Yeah. Also, you would be 485 if you were born that day. <laughs> Fucking hell. I feel that old. And you'd be a Scorpio. Uh, wait. Yes, sorry. Continue. Right, okay. <laughs> it was a Friday. I can't believe it. What are the chances of that? I mean, there's quite a probability because there's only seven days in a week, but... <laughs> anyway, I've massively gone off on a tangent now. So... On that date, Robert was crossing the street from his home in Cheapside to attend a Mercer's Chapel located on the opposite side of the road. Wait, wait, wait. They live in Cheapside? Yeah. Which I thought was funny because he's rich. Yeah. (laughs) A bit ironic, isn't it? But that's what it's called, the place. Yeah, that's not right. I think Cheapside was called Cheapside because it was cheap. Well, that's where he's living. Are you sure he's living there or he's not just... Yeah, he is. Oh, okay. Because this is how all the witnesses is crossed the road from his house because the chapel's at the end of his, on the opposite side of his street. So unless, what, it was just called Cheapside ironically? I don't know. I wouldn't want to be rich and then live in somewhere called Cheapside. No, neither do I. Also, why would you name it Cheapside? Because that's in the old... Yeah, I know, but like here that'd be like me living on Skint Road. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to pick that street name, when do you no. live Skint Road? Yeah, Skid Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Anyway. It's just weird it's called Cheapside and he's not. Poor. There's several mentions of it because when I go back to like the newspaper reports I've looked at and the obituaries, because obviously I was looking for his wife's death, it oh. says Robert Packington from Cheapside. Oh, Cheapside. Okay. So it's mentioned multiple times, so it's obviously guess, where he's living. I guess it So unless he's just living within his more yeah, within his means. Hmm. Uh, or he's only maybe just starting to make money from Parliament. It could be a case of... Because what was he elected in... 
15... Where's it gone? 15... Oh, yeah, October 1533. And this is November 36. Also, that might be why he got re-elected, because he's probably more one of the people in his local... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so he's probably, yeah, he's not he's not wealthy like the top of the parliament, mm-hmm. but he's, he's obviously got enough money to keep going. Anyway, so as he crossed to the opposite side of the road, in doing so, he was shot and killed. Now... His murder was said to be heard by a great number of labourers standing at Soper's Lane End, which is sort of at the end of the street, mm-hmm. but no one witnessed who killed him, hence it going unsolved. Now, it was said that on the day that there was quite a heavy, heavy, dense fog, which is why people heard it but didn't see it. Okay. It said that the, his murder is likely to be one of the first, if not the first, committed with a handgun in London. So Ooh. that's where the firsts come in. Not the first. The first. <laughs> <laughs> that's so strange. I thought there would have been more yeah. by then. But according to this, because that's how I found his case. I was looking for unusual murders or like firsts. Yeah. And this is what popped up. This is how I found him. I must admit, I did think it was much earlier. So were guns just used for killing animals and Maybe. hunting? This is strange. I don't know. Obviously so. I thought it was a different... Hmm. There'd been a lot more by then, by now, but obviously not. But you do. You did say in London. Yeah. So, um, okay. Yeah, but still, still, yeah, London being the capital, you I see that as like a crime. capital of crime. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, and this is where we sort of get into some theories and stuff. So, Robert's murder was at the time interpreted by Protestant reformers as martyrdom, and so became the source of religious controversy in 1545. So, this is quite a bit later on that people are sort of speculating things. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't find a massive amount for at the time. It was more reports that people have made in the years following. So in 1545, the Protestant reformer, John Bale, suggested that conservative bishops were behind the murder. A similar suggestion was made by a man called Edward Hall in 1548. He suggested that Robert was killed by someone in the Catholic clergy. A man named John Fox also held the clergy responsible, but in doing so, proposed a contradictory... Proposed... Bloody hell. Contradictory... (laughs) Jesus. Contradictory theories of the crime. So going on to John. Mm -hmm. So John Fox, in 1559, claimed that the former Bishop of London, John Stokesley, had paid a priest 60 gold coins to carry out the murder. However, in 15... Yeah. Okay. However... In 1563, Fox stated that John Instant, a former dean of St. Paul's, had made a deathbed confession in which he admitted arranging the murder. Mm-hmm. A Catholic apologist, Nicholas Hartsfield, accused Fox of slandering Instant, and in an edition of the 1570 Axon Monument, John Fox came up with yet another theory, claiming that Robert's murder was committed by an Italian man. Nothing more. I couldn't find anything else oh, on this Italian so man. Racist. Yes. Okay. So it's gone from being the church and now it's just racism. Then there's a man called Raphael Hollinshed. He claimed that a felon hanged himself at Banbury and confessed on the gallows to Packington's murder years later. Mm. I couldn't really find isn't much more just, on that. So isn't I think, that just hearsay? Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I don't know, he could have been a bit delirious before he got hung and... Mm. Just claiming anything. He's always exactly. being hung, so why yeah. not claim a murder? Yeah. So I did this, I did this. Yeah. yeah. So this was it. So then that was sort of the only theory that was thrown out there. So then I was thinking, okay, well, I've got to go back to the motive and 
what was the motive. So I looked at like sort of what he was doing at the time of his death. Now, oh, yeah, sorry, did you say what time in the morning it was? It just said in the morning. Okay. So I'm guessing quite early because he would have gone to church before he went to work. So, and it's October, November, no, sorry. November. It's probably still quite dark in the morning. Yes. Yeah. So that's another reason why no one saw anything. Sort of. Mm-hmm. Or is it a case of, but it's not being reported, there's a reason people are covering it up? Like, was it a group oh. sort of thing? Is what okay. I'm sort of thinking. Um, so obviously I've looked into motives. Now, by the time of his death, the Tony took talk was rather critical of the Catholic clergy. So as I mentioned earlier, he's not really helping himself. Now, even though he'd made many comments against the church, he did attend church on a daily basis. So he can form his own opinion of yeah. church but still attend it that's fine yeah but i think he was making comments sort of towards a lot of people in the church well, he was attending not, well if they're not doing well if they're doing stuff they're not supposed to be doing that's their own fault and this is it so then that made me think but is that what made him an easy target because mm-hmm. he's literally going there every day everyone knows he's going there every day now he was also at the time it was never proven but he was suspected of smuggling english language bibles into the country via via trading connections which obviously at the time between catholic and protestant it was a big no no so if this is what he's suspected of doing he's landing himself in quite is, a bit of trouble this is what i don't get with religion <laughs> i don't either it's just be peaceful <laughs> just i just don't get it well you look at how many deaths have occurred most of it is religion based yeah and i yeah i just i don't get it that's fine you can have your own opinion you can form your own thingy but if it's going to affect other people yeah and i hate when when people use that as an excuse because to me like it isn't an excuse and then you're dumping everyone in into that same group and it's like then like it's become a crime by a religious group and it's not it's done by an individual and yeah i don't like it when that happens it's still it still happens today doesn't it so it's like um, it's a circle and people never learn yeah and they don't um, and apparently they never will because yeah. <laughs> people are well people are stupid but yeah so obviously i looked at obviously was it likely to be church obviously that's where all the theories have come from so i don't think it's impossible i don't think you can completely throw it out so then obviously i did look at the money side so obviously even though we've established this on cheap side he obviously can afford a house and mm-hmm. he doesn't seem to be living in poverty by from what i can gather no. so then i've considered could it be a robbery? Now, at the time of his death, he was successful in his job and cash bequests in his will amounted to over £300, which in today's money is a, a hell lot. of a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. Now, this is where it gets a bit interesting because obviously I've looked at sort of what happened following his death. Mm-hmm. And now after his death, his children didn't stay with Catherine. They were orphaned into the care of the city. On twentieth no- of November nineteen, uh, so, what am I saying? Nineteen fifteen thirty-seven. So pretty much a year after his death, the court of eldermen entrusted Packerton's son Thomas Packerton, the oldest one, who would become Robert's heir, into and put him into the custody of his grandfather, Sir John Baldwin. So what happened to Agnes? Now I think he remarried Catherine. Yeah. Because Agnes died. It makes sense. Yeah. So, but I couldn't find a date of her death. So. I think it's just because she was a woman in that time. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I just presumed that she's died in Faston. But also, why isn't Catherine now taking on these children as the wife? Is it because back then it's slightly different? Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So, so then, how long have they been married? Three years. 
that's probably why she pro- she's not raised them they kind yeah, of made, it's still a, a decent amount of time to have raised them a little bit so then therefore she's their stepmom yeah but she probably doesn't want them she doesn't care about them which but to me it sort of made me look a bit like okay the kids have been awful like, fair enough you could say she had two children of her own at this point so she could say okay seven children is a bit much for one woman yeah, to take yeah. on puts them into care but i also like the fact that she gets the money for now i think i feel like she pushed the children out and doing a bit of a runner with the money <laughs> yes and no i think it's the time i think because agnes's dad is still alive i think he probably wants the kids because yeah. it's his final link to his daughter yeah and i think it's just very convenient for Catherine. yeah but obviously he doesn't get all the children he just takes the oldest one a year later, the other children continue to grow up as orphans in care. Which then brings me to how oh, did the rest shit. of those children marry in to do well? So then that makes me think, was Thomas the money left for Thomas enough? That I'm I'm in my head I'm sort of thinking is Thomas because I couldn't find the exact dates for their births. There was it was a bit is confusing. Thomas old enough yeah. to right, yeah. He would say like he'd be old enough to legally then sort of adopt them if you like. He or he put money aside for them, then gave the rest of the children money as they got older which allowed them to have enough of a status so that they could marry, continue to marry into money. Like, it's not like they lost their status. Yeah. Or maybe um, Agnes's dad could only afford to take on Thomas, but he kind of... Because he'd be quite an elderly will. man yeah. now, so I feel like that's probably why he'd only take on one child, yeah, so and probably prob- the oldest. He probably probably made Thomas, or asked Thomas to like, share out the money. Yeah, because on here it's listed that, um, obviously, Thomas becomes the heir. So yeah. I know then, obviously, the eldest does get everything, but normally... The younger ones would still get a bit of money, but as this is listed, they've only listed Thomas as an heir, even though there was five of them in total. So, is it because he never had a will? No, he did have a will, remember, because oh. he had three hundred pounds. Oh yeah, okay, okay. So I'm sort of thinking, obviously, it still went to the eldest, but obviously, all the other children, even the other ones in between, they married into wealthy families, and obviously, they're not going to be able to do that as an orphan. So I feel like either Thomas or, again, like I said, the grandfather, he mm. must have kept in touch with them enough. Yeah. That he was able to i think yeah he probably still kept in touch with them but physically he couldn't take care of them in his home yeah so maybe he put them in like a well-off orphanage orphanage yeah. and it's not like the one where you think it's like yeah the oliver yeah they're crawling under machinery yeah. i don't think it's that i think yeah it's probably in a well-off home okay but yeah so then i obviously i'm still not really very happy about Catherine, so i've gone and done a little bit of fishing on her and this is where some very interesting things crop up okay now Catherine Paxton obviously maiden name Dallum but she's now Dorma she dies in 1563 so this is like uh, over nearly 20 years after mm-hmm. he's died now there's no birth date for her but I did find a record of a Catherine Dallum being born in 1516 now that would make her 17 at the time of her marriage to Robert Packington. Now she's already had a husband with two children. So I was thinking, well she can't have, but then I'm looking at the times and I'm yeah, thinking, yeah. actually if yeah. the, her two children were infant children mm-hmm. and she had them one after the other, mm-hmm. she could have been 13 or 14 when she married her first husband, in which case it wouldn't have been out of place for the time. No. No. So if that is the case, then that would be right and then it would make her 47 when she died in 19, uh, sorry, 1563. I don't know why I keep saying 19. <laughs> um, don't know what's wrong with me so then I looked into her children obviously mm-hmm. they died by the time she gets her third husband in 1539 it lists are they, are they dead then? yes okay. dead dead it lists absolutely nothing about their deaths 
other than the fact both of the children are recorded as dying in 1539, no reason, and it also doesn't list their birth dates. Because that's what I was then trying to find out, was how old her infant children were. So I'm going to roll with there were only sort of three or four, like maybe like one or two when she first met Robert, Probably. and then infants when they're younger. Now, if there were baby babies, so they died pretty much as soon as she'd met Robert, mm. I would have said like it would have been infant death, which was very popular at the time. But they didn't die for another few years, which would have made them still sort of like six or seven. Yeah. So although it's not going to be like an infant death, and I know children dying young were still pop, like common, <laughs> popular, popular. <laughs> yeah, I could say popular, uh, common. Although it might be popular for Catherine because I feel like she'd bumped her bloody kids off because it's it's not like the dying of the typical infant death. Yeah, but think and of I the feel time. like it's very convenient that they died just as she's about to marry her third husband. Now bear with me on this because. I feel like, has she tried to bump off the children? Because not only is this her thir- third marriage, but it's these the children... <laughs> yeah, third marriage. These children have not come from her marriage to Robert. They've come from her very first marriage. Now, mm-hmm. Robert might have been quite understanding. He was obviously a... Wi- I'm going to go with he was a widow himself. He had children. Yeah, yeah. It's quite easy to marry someone else with Who's young children. Yeah. Now, this Michael Dormer, he's going to want to air. If he's taken on a woman with two children already, even though legally he doesn't have to provide them with money if he died in his will so he's still thinking, got to take care of them yes yeah, so you're thinking she's got be rid more, of them yeah, yeah she's more appealing if she has no children yeah. yeah and obviously this michael dormer then goes on to be lord mayor of london so is he going to want to be seen as taking on a woman who has children with other men and because if she didn't have any children yeah. it'd be quite easy for her to cover up the fact that this is now her third marriage mm. do you see what i mean and i feel like she's quite youthful looking she could probably pass off that she hasn't had any children okay and then this is where it gets a bit interesting so i was but to give benefit of the doubt back in the those yeah days, oh yeah they could have died were, yeah natural. children just died i just time. didn't like the fact that i could find no record of what they died you know like the others when you look into records not all of them but mm. a large number of them would say like due to influenza yeah. or whatever and all the things on the page at the same time were all listing causes of death theirs was just blank but it, again i think it's just because back in them days it's just women most of their history isn't documented it isn't but then this is where it gets interesting because they document lots of other things that don't necessarily need to be documented but left out very important bits of information but then again she could have just poisoned her children and be gone with them yes (laughs) i I don't know i'm just there's something iffy about Catherine. anyway okay so this is then for me where it gets a little bit interesting after Catherine's marriage to Michael Dormer in 1539 robert packington's eldest son and heir thomas Mm -hmm. sued both Michael Dormer and Catherine regarding the detention of deeds. So basically they were refusing to give him his rightful money. Yep. Which again makes me a little bit suspicious of, of Catherine, which to me means money's a motive. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So my theory is, well, not necessarily a theory, but I'm putting forward, could Catherine have had a hand in Robert's death? It is uh, very suspicious. You're always going to look at the wife. Yeah, she's just a bit off to me. It's mm-hmm. just the fact that I get, like I said, a lot of these things aren't recorded. Yeah. But for me, I didn't like the fact, especially when you went into that book, it listed everything else, like their suing, their deeds, their money, their houses, but it didn't list the birth years of the children or how they died, just that they died. And I it's convenient it, yeah. that they died just before she That's marries her third husband. Exactly, it's very convenient for her. Yeah, and like with Robert, it wouldn't have necessarily been an issue because he was a widow with five young children himself. Mm-hmm. So another woman with two young children, it was almost like a perfect mm-hmm. marriage, if you like. Yeah, you just mend, uh, mold the families, families together. together. 
So, and it, she, it, she wouldn't have been frowned upon because no. like, oh no, she's a poor young widow. She's a young girl. She's only 17. Well, if these dates are right that I've calculated. Jesus. Yeah. Imagine marrying a 17 year old. <laughs> That's not the point. Yeah. But, um, I mean, yeah, but we're a completely <laughs> yeah. different time now, aren't we? Oh. I mean, imagine being married at 13 or 14. Can you imagine? Because the thing is as well, the chance are you're not getting a nice young man. You're being married off to some like 50 year old, fat old man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think it's very convenient. And if it's convenient, it's suspicious. Yeah. It's just the fact then when I found out, because the suing thing, I couldn't find that anyway. It wasn't until I went on to like um, an ancestry sort of thing and like try typing in. Because see, I found more bits of information. Yeah. And I thought if I go on like an ancestry site, I might be able to find out a bit more. And that's when I found these official documents. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it was listing things about the suing, how much they were suing for. Um, and it listed all, like, Richard Collier, his death, and then it went into Catherine and all of her other husbands and, like, the dates of her husbands. And I'm thinking... And it listed, like, how wealthy they were. And then it just mentioned at the bottom, her children are dead, died, that bit. And I thought, whoa, hang on. So then I tried to type in the children on the ancestry thing, and it just listed as died in 1539 for both George and Dorothy. No birth date. So, but everyone... It's yeah, the same year. But, yeah. like, all of her financial things and how, like, almost if you like the good bit, Mm. about her the interesting things the things that gave her status were all very well documented <laughs> however this this suspicious and untimely death of her children was just completely you know even if they'd just written like influenza you could go oh okay well that makes sense they did still die something like that like why not just write something like that to yeah because if they died in the same year it's kind of they died of the same thing probably yeah but that could be either um, yeah, because it, it wouldn't be uncommon if they caught a disease as young children. They're obviously in close proximity yeah. to each other. One dies of it, the other. But I just find it a bit... Because they would have both still been young. Because like I said, if I'd made it out that they were infants when she married Robert, they would have been about six and seven Yeah, when she was about to marry Michael Dormer. Mm. So, like I said, they're not dying of infant thing. I know children are still weak at that point. Yeah, But I also feel like with the amount of money she had, she would have also had access to a doctor. And not that that necessarily means no. going to live, but I feel like they probably had a bit of a better standing than medical practices back then as well. Um, were interesting. <laughs> not I know, but I just feel like she they probably had a better chance than the average child. Mm. And I just think it's a bit convenient that that mm, sort convenient. of pushed over. I also couldn't find how Richard, her first husband, died. It just listed as him dying. But he might have been old. Yeah, he might have been old and he might have done well, too well. Uh, but, you know, I was almost hoping that I was going to type it in. It says, like, he died of a murder that was unsolved. And I'd be like, yes, it's definitely Catherine. Or mysterious. Or he just dis- disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't find it, which was a little bit frustrating. But there's something about Catherine that's just a bit iffy to me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I just I, I don't I like it. her. I get it. There's something about her. I, I, if it hadn't have listed her children's deaths, and then the fact that then Robert's children made orphans, like, I understand why. But at the same time, like, that all added together. And then when I did this dig in, and literally it's when I went on the ancestry thing, it's obviously a big book, and it's not even like put into like grids how it would be today. Mm. It's just sentences like all together, oh, like, one after the other. So. And it's the tiniest print you have ever seen. Like, well, you imagine like it's like a book for the year of London, like everyone yeah, that yeah. exists. And literally, like, just in the littlest bit of writing, it was like, yes, they got uh, Catherine Dormer, uh, formerly Packington uh, maiden named, da- uh, what was it, Dallum or yeah, Dallum, something like that. Yeah, was sued by Thomas Packington. I was like, sued? Hang on a minute. What? What was this? <laughs> and that was it. Then I looked into it, and then and they went. So was Michael Dormer, blah, blah blah. And it just listed, and it was because of the retention of deeds. So I was like. 
So not only have the children been orphaned, but the, the rightful yeah. heirs mm-hmm. are now struggling to Sorry. get their money. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a bit like hmm. suspicious. It to me it gives money as a motive. Yeah. And it makes Catherine look a little bit suspicious. Like I think it's still the whole clergy thing was a very strong possibility. But also Catherine's perfectly placed. I was going to say, did Catherine know Agnes? I don't know. So did Catherine kind of get rid of Agnes so she could have him? Oh, I don't know. I hadn't even considered that. Because when you were describing it, I thought she was probably their nanny. And then she... Oh, no, no. I don't think... No, she's, no. Come, no, she's come from good high status herself. But I listed yes, that with her father, so... But sometimes back then, the uh, wealthy women used to nanny for other wealthy families. Okay, yeah. So I, I thought maybe she that. maybe caught a glimpse of him, liked their lifestyle, decided to get rid of yeah. Agnes. Or even if Agnes died, like I said, of just whether it's childbirth or natural causes of disease, oh, she would perfectly... Yeah, she's yeah. perfectly placed. Like, she happened to know him or know of him, live nearby yeah, and thought... Yeah. Oh, here we go. Here's a perfect husband. I'm widowed and have two young children. This is a man that's doing quite well for himself. Because at this point, at the time that she's sort of looking out for him, if you like, he's obviously just lost his wife, but he's also going into Parliament. So mm-hmm. his status is growing. Mm-hmm. He's he's a very like desirable man, if you like. Yeah. So yeah, I Cause think then she could have murdered her first husband. Yeah. Because she didn't like him. Like got her sights set on uh, Robert. Yes. Found out he was married. Found who he was married to. Got rid of her. <laughs> married him. Turns out he wasn't that great. Yeah. Got rid of him. Yeah. Found someone else. That's it. Conveniently, a man mm. that was about to become a mayor mm. suddenly appeared. See, but she's now she's got climbing. the problem of she's got two children. She needs to bump them off. There you go. She, now she's just murdered like five people. Yeah, so she's a mass murderer. Mm. But yeah, so obviously the case has remained unsolved. But like I said, obviously the clergy, I get it, it's a strong one. And that's pretty much the only theory that's really credibly been put forward. It's also a bit weird that a priest or someone would yeah. murder someone else. Well, I'm guessing the priest, they give it to another priest to hire a henchman rather than a priest going imagine, around. I can't imagine a priest hiring a hitman. Well, you can't, but then look at all the sh- I know, suspicious I know. things that the uh, church gets up to. And up to. Suspicious. Uh, questionable, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Again, if you're religious, you wouldn't be doing that. But the thing, but this is it. And I feel like, like I said, I get where they came with the God's clergy thing. You. One, <laughs> he said a few critical things too. He was going daily, so people would have mm-hmm. known he was going to go at that time. Yeah, It was the perfect time. It's not like you've got to stake him out. And also in November, there's going to be no daylight, maybe. Yeah. Fog's thick. You're not going to see anything. Yeah, so they're not even going to see a shadow running away, are they? No. And with a gun, you can stand at a relatively I'm good guessing, distance. Yeah, I'm guessing it's like the gas lamps. Do they have street lamps? I don't think they'd have had street lamps. I think they kind of used to. What, in 15? I don't know. This 30. Is I feel like it's a little bit too early. No, I, I don't think that's 1800. <laughs> that's why I kept saying 1900, I think. I don't know why. I kept That kept popping into my head. I kept saying 19 instead of 15. Because 19's really far away as well. Um, yeah, it's for us, but it, <laughs> in terms of the time of history, really, it was like yesterday. I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to think what it would be like back then, and I can't. I don't, yeah, I don't think street lighting was a thing. I think it's still candle lit. Mm. So would they have candle candelabras on the front? <laughs> I don't know. No, I think it was just dark, and you just had to. How? How? Can you imagine getting around? I mean, no, would be used just to bump it because, into people. Yeah. Maybe they had the carrots so they could see in the dark. 
that is. Is that it? where the saying came from? <laughs> no, I think the say, saying came from uh, World War One or World War Two. Oh, okay. So you could see the Germans in the dock. Oh, right, okay. I think that's where it came from. <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. Might be this, otherwise you're bumping into your murderer in the 1500s in the street. But then the murderer needs to be able to see where he's aiming at. So unless they were just shooting the gun off willy-nilly. <laughs> or it was Catherine next to her husband. She already had hold of his arm. She knows exactly where he bloody is. There you go. <laughs> Could, Do you know what I mean? Someone could have just randomly shot their let let their gun off, not realizing that they killed someone. What like accidentally killed yeah. him? Yeah, and then it's, just it was like, oh shit, I'm not confessing to like, this. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because if you don't know you've hit someone, wouldn't it be brilliant if it was like accidentally one of his kids like just messing around? Like, there's no evidence he had a gun himself, but no, like you know, like the youngest kid or something. Like, <laughs> what does this do? <laughs> I'm assuming he was by himself. Yeah, he was mm. crossing the road to go to the church. So he did that before work. So I don't know what time he would have started work, whether it's eight, mm. nine o'clock, maybe. So to be fair, it could have been about seven and it does start, even in winter, it's starting to get light about that time. So there might have been just no. enough light. There is still sometimes in November. You don't get up that early, Natasha. <laughs> hey, driving home from work, sometimes it's dark. <laughs> yeah, no, I know it's not properly light, but there's like just enough light. I mean, I know foggy would make it worse, but... Like I said, it doesn't give a specific time in the mm. morning. It's just before work. So even at eight o'clock, do you know what I mean? Like, there's enough light for you to see to cross the street. Okay, so I was going to ask how far away it was. but Literally he's... the opposite side of the street is listed as. No, his work. Oh, no, he was working in Parliament, so That's maybe what a I... mile or two. I don't know. He's in London. Cheap side to Parliament. How I don't far know. is that? I'm not sure. Okay. So he could have been going to the church really early because work starts at nine but he's on the other side of london was he like parliament they just roll in like whenever the I hell they want i don't know you might rock up at lunchtime that was an interesting case yes we're, we're, <laughs> we're going around in circles we don't know who did it no we don't i don't like Catherine, so i'm saying I think it's Catherine. It, yeah i think it's Catherine too because i've just created her being a serial killer yeah because it fits <laughs> it's convenient it's convenient it? i mean we can never prove it now but yeah i don't know there's something about her i just don't like her not gonna lie and they always do say the murder you should look at the uh the someone close yeah mm-hmm. someone close to home it normally is so mm-hmm. you know i'm just following what everyone's told me to do exactly i'm playing a good detective so i've looked into her and unfortunately for her she's just a bit shifty and she's done a few questionable things so <laughs> I know I can't interview her, but... No, I know, but just... Can you imagine if someone we know dies and maybe our actions are going to look suspicious and we're like, I never did anything. Yeah, but we don't do anything about murder. Don't you make a a murder podcast? No, I don't know what you're talking about. We don't look into the way that people die. We don't... How to murder. (laughs) No, how to get away with murder. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't discussed that at length at all. No. I was going to say a way how to kill someone without being caught, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Just in case someone dies. We promise we haven't killed anyone. Yet. Yet. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, that's today's case. Yes. Thank you for listening to it. In the meantime, keep creeping. And we'll keep digging. <laughs>